Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. We are in Miami. I mean, not me and not Hayden, who's on the podcast tonight, but it seems like everyone else managed to get on a plane to Miami. But hey, who cares? Because we've seen some fantastic Friday action with Mercedes George Russell topping the timesheets in FP2. The first time that Formula One has raced at this Miami circuit. Uh, He was ahead of Ferrari's Charles Leclerc, although so much to dig into today. Heavily, heavily disrupted and a real stinker for Max Verstappen. Although when he was on track, looked pretty quick. Just wasn't on track very much. Uh, Hayden Cobb is editor of Autosport.com. Joining me again for the Friday pods. So, very quickly, your reactions to Formula One being in Miami. It's been a very well-hyped-up uh, event so far, uh, and it almost feels like it's been interrupted by track action happening um, to stop the parade and the, and the fun show. But um, no, f- full credit to organisers and the whole F1 world getting well into it. Um, it, it looks like a right old show, and, and the circuit itself has lived up to the billing, which sometimes does not quite happen. So yes, mm. from practice, it's been very intriguing. The, uh, the circuit itself has sort of already been described as a mistake 
punisher and a mistake encourager almost you make a mistake and you will know about it and uh, that's what we've seen already so far in practice so who do we see have a bit of an off today? Then obviously this morning Bottas was the big one uh, and that's why no time set for Valtteri in this afternoon's or this evening's session, depending on your time zone, as his car couldn't be repaired in time for FP2 following his, I keep wanting to say his morning shunt, but of course it's not morning there. It was early afternoon time in Miami. What would the time difference? Yeah, so Checo spun Vettel. We saw Kevin Magnussen. Um, yeah, this was one that was punishing uh, drivers. Of course, they all—all all the teams have really sophisticated uh, simulators and modelling. They'll get track maps. They'll get very, very detailed. Like you know, just the latest computer games on steroids. They will get you know a complete scan of the track. But until you turn up and put a race car on it, you just don't know. We heard. Sergio Perez afterwards in the interviews saying, actually, it's a bit gravelly, uh, which he hadn't anticipated. So just stuff like that, the kind of, you know, the real, the kind of the essence uh, of getting a car on track. He also said offline, uh, he was surprised how little grip there was. That could be an ominous sign for Sunday afternoon, by the way, if there's no grip offline about how much action we're going to see. Hey, let's talk about Mercedes first. And we've not done that on many podcasts. I think any podcast so far in 2022 because George Russell topped the timesheets in free practice too. We'll look at the, we like looking at these times because they are the soft tyre runs with a little less fuel before the long runs, although some of those weren't very long because of red flags. Uh, leading the way, uh, he put in 18 laps in FP2 ahead of Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari by a tenth ahead of Sergio Perez in the Red Bull and Lewis Hamilton in the second Mercedes, uh, just two and a half tenths down on George's time. So uh, just talk us through, Hayden, your impressions on Mercedes. There's some articles our listeners can see online, uh, some tech stuff about some new uh, additions they've bought. Tell us about Mercedes. Yes, as you say, the the updates they've brought to, to Miami's uh, a collection of things, predominantly the sort of the front wing or front wing end plates, uh, a rear wing, which is more of a low drag spec than necessarily a full uh, full fat upgrade. But the beam wing as well is sort of a combination um, of updates, basically trying to just cure the porpoising for, first and foremost. That has, has been well covered, obviously, and, and they're still very confident. If they get on top of the porpoising and reduce that, they can unlock performance from the car. The it, In FP1, they were probably running a higher ride height and there was basically zero porpoising um, which isn't too uncommon currently and I think they're easing themselves into it basically get the drivers familiar with the track and generally have a sort of base set up to move on from in FB2 it looks better the pace was still there but the porpoising did return at least on the long straights which is which is a familiar sight You'd certainly say things looked better, and the, the, from the performance point of view, things certainly look better. So, incremental gains. It was never going to be probably a an instant fix uh, with with one upgrades on a couple of practice mm. sessions. But it will be in, very interesting to see when they fine tune things come come tomorrow for free practice, the final free practice and qualifying. How they sort of find a compromise of balancing that porpoising versus performance trade-off uh like you say russell looked looked very strong um pace wise and it feels like potentially it could be a three-way fight at the front which is sort of what we were really hoping for at the start of the year and obviously mercedes had their issues and that dropped them somewhat back a bit but yes that combined with both far and rebel struggles um so far 
uh, in Miami means that they've got a sniff at, at being there or thereabouts. But we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out um, as, as Saturday and Sunday progresses. As you guys have been updating the live section of autosport.com, and if our listeners, by the way, ever can't be, if you're not watching it or listening to it, if you want to follow that coverage online, I'm sure lots of people listening know about uh, our live section. We've done it for years, but um, uh, it's kind of legendary. But, uh, you know, depending on who's staffing it each weekend, depends on kind of the vibe that you get. If JBL... Is doing it. It's a bit puntastic. Yeah, he's he's, there, he's on it for the race. So yeah, don't worry. That they'll be the fun will be there. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, just... uh, I always recommend you check it out. Um, what you know? What's the feeling amongst you and your colleagues that were what, were doing that live coverage today um, for us? Is that Mercedes pace real, or as just are they benefiting because maybe they're a little more dialed in on I, an early track? What do you think? I think the pace is definitely there. Um, but I do also think there's plenty more to come from the likes of Ferrari and Red Bull. Obviously, we saw in FP2, uh, Carlos Sainz had uh, a pretty costly crash fairly early into the session, and that's one car down in terms of Ferrari's FP2 practice um, running, which is all ever so vital when it comes to, to the rest of the weekend, given it's roughly the representative conditions of what they should fit. Uh, face, sorry, in the qualifying room in the race. And equally, Max Verstappen basically was a bystander in FP2 with his, um, they changed the gearbox in time for FP2. He missed the start of that. But then as he got out on track, basically did an outlap and they are blaming a hydraulics issue with the rear of the car, which briefly set the, the rear of the car on fire for Verstappen and he couldn't steer, which was <laughs> quite uh, not not ideal uh, situation to be in. But yeah, he didn't even set a, a lap time, so he effectively missed the session. Christian Horner said uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he's done about five timed laps. Now, they were on the pace with those time laps, but they are still behind the curve. Um, thankfully, obviously, for, for Red Bull there, Perez, who had a, a full day, but did have a couple of spins himself. Um, and then obviously for Ferrari, Leclerc had a full day of running. So they've got data to run on compared to um, compared to have, having nothing. Mm. Uh, where, but I would say that it's, I would be confident to predict a three-way fight between Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull this weekend, just given the factors that, that all three teams are currently facing. Yeah, looking back in my notebook right now, the difference in times between the two sessions. So Leclerc topped FP1 on a 131.098. And yeah, there was quite a big time difference, actually, a 129.9 for George Russell. Uh, and, and, and Verstappen was third in FP1. He did put in a, a 131.2. And so he was quick, but yeah, as you say, one, one lap in... Uh, after having that gearbox change, that precautionary gearbox change. I wonder if that's going to frustrate the team because they didn't need to. He had that had that brush with the wall in the first practice session and they didn't want to end up sitting out the session and, and missing out on a load of laps. So they ended up doing a precautionary gearbox change, one of six gearboxes the teams get to use in 2022 before they face any, any penalties. And of course, he did benefit from that 12-minute stoppage after science hit the uh, uh, hit the wall um, and uh, and so they they, they kind of lucked in there again a little bit lucky that it was so disrupted but on the other hand you, you at least want your other car and in Red Bull's case it was Checo's car and in in Ferrari's case it was Leclerc's car you want the other car 
to get a ton of running in and get that data, uh, which again nobody really you know really did. So uh, Max definitely on the back foot going into FP3 tomorrow morning. So yes, we are back to without you know not being a sprint race weekend. We're back to the normal you know the, the normal format. He seemed incredibly frustrated, but that's entirely understandable. Um, in terms of Mercedes, last word on them, George Russell. What's your feeling on how the drivers have been approaching? Have you seen any, any of the driver quotes pre or post? today's action because my impression and correct me if i'm wrong is that george has managed to kind of keep his head up a little more whereas lewis someone who's been fighting for world championships forever seems to you know the ultimate in having such a strong mental game like all top sports people are um he seemed to be a little more pessimistic in terms of how quickly they could fix things george the newbie in the team now, the bright kind of fresh face he seemed. What was your reading of how those two drivers in Mercedes are attacking this weekend? Yeah, I would definitely say it's a combination of that sort of mentality that's been talked a lot about and, and also just their general situation coming into it. It's um, And sorry, on top of that, Russell's a good, a very, very good driver. I feel like that, that factor <laughs> is somewhat being underplayed. I, I, yes, he hasn't. Obviously, this is what his fourth or fifth race um as a Mercedes driver full time after replacing Bottas but yeah he was always basically dubbed a, a world champion of the future so talent levels are certainly there um undisputed but you're but you're right the, men- the mentality the the approach to it generally the, the car feels like it's more in Russell's sort of operating window at the moment that's not to say Hamilton can't get on top of it and and, and maybe sort of his being a bit more bogged down by the the problems he's had but yes, I would, I, Russell is, is definitely on the front foot still, if you were to compare to the teammates, and we can see that in the, the timings just in the two practice sessions we've had here. Mm. But you, I, I, I would sort of write Lewis Hamilton off at your, if you're your own peril. We've seen that many times before. And I do think it is a case of him also finding that sort of set-up sweet spot. Um, we, it, was, it was quite a, a poignant thing that was made um, at the end of the Emily race with Total Wolf apologising to Hamilton about the car, but almost conveniently forgetting that his other driver, Russell, finished fourth in <laughs> in the same race. Now, uh, yeah, I do believe that if they both find a sweet spot with Mercedes, then they will be much, much closer. And that's sort of coming to truth in Miami a little bit. But we've got a long way to go. So I would say it's a lot of small reasons. Russell's currently got the edge, but there's there's no reason why they can't be sort of fight, fighting toe to toe as the season goes on. Uh, and Miami's Miami looks a little bit of an outlier at the moment, so this could throw up some unexpected results anyway. So it's it's a difficult one to predict. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Anyone who's not listened to last night's podcast, highly recommend you do. We did a Miami preview uh, with Charles Bradley, our global editor-in-chief of motorsport.com, our sister site, uh, and also Jonathan Noble, uh, a regular contributor to to this podcast. Uh, Go and listen to that, but there's one point I will tell you now, and that was uh, John was saying that when he was speaking to the track designers of Miami, um, that 
sort of perceived wisdom around track design is right long straight long straight long straight loads of drs uh hairpin do you know what i mean like big braking zone and and the miami designers have actually tried to create this this circuit of contrasts so uh you know some fast bits some twisty bits some things to make the cars uncomfortable so if a car is great in one part it won't be great in the other and vice versa and so actually here if we do if this is genuine mercedes pace uh, or it's track specific and actually john made that point after testing, he said, look, I think, I think this is going to be a season of track-specific. You know, he, I think he was talking about McLaren at the time, but with all teams, by saying, hey, we're going to see some shifts here, track to track, unlike previous seasons, when, you know, the rules had kind of... Conver- the, an established rule set had mean that the cars had converged a bit in design philosophies. But, um, so we could have three different types of car. Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull three entirely different kind of concepts of, of of how to get the speed all competing on Sunday afternoon which would be amazing quick thought on Ferrari people are beating up on Carlos Sainz a bit I don't know if you've seen that on social media or whether you get that feeling uh, you you know you run autosport.com again another off today it is just practice what's yeah, your thoughts a, a big deal or will he shrug it off it's it's not it's certainly not ideal, and I'll put that politely. Um, Australia, he he opened his openly put his hands up and said he he let issues beyond his control basically get in his own head, oh, and yeah, he forced he did, the yeah. mistakes. Um, similar sort of thing, but ultimately he was tipped into the spin in the race, which was sort of the, the main issue um, by Daniel Ricciardo in in the Imola race, obviously the last time out. But this one is is pure and simple, uh, a mistake in practice. He wasn't the only one, but he was the one sort of that had the largest uh, impact to it. I guess Valtteri Bottas probably, given he missed all of FP2, he had a bit more to, to lose, as it were. Mm. But this is a, yeah, this is a trend of, of basically three fairly large crashes now, all on Carlos Sainz's side of, of, of the carriage, as it were. Um <laughs> Obviously, Leclerc did spin uh, during Imola, but and he held his hand up. So that mistake. So so far, they've been make, the drivers have been making mistakes, but Carlos Sainz has been making more mistakes. Now there's still a long way to go in this weekend. He could easily recover it, qualify well, and then if Ferrari do have some some pace in pocket, then he's he's looking at a very strong position. But he's lost very vital running FP2, long running. Uh, he, so that means he instantly is going to be on the back foot compared to all of his main rivals. And that's sort of the situation he has been in, not necessarily through his own fault at all times, but has been in for the last two races. And yeah, he, I guess if he keeps doing that, he, he will fall away from the from the championship picture, which is not what he wants. He still wants to fight for this. But yeah, he, he really can't afford too many more of these, particularly with the races coming up. So... Yes, needs to have a clean weekend, and he's already sort of lost that, really. It's interesting. I was watching the Sky coverage today for FP2, and they had managed to wangle, probably through some PR people, Mario Andretti in the com box with Crofty and Jensen Button and uh, and our mate Karun Chandok. And uh, literally, as they were saying, you know, Mario, welcome, you know, four-time... You know, Indy winner and 78 Formula One world champion. Welcome to Sky. It was like in the background, you can hear like crunch. And they all, and, and you go, oh, hang on a minute. You know, hang on a minute. Science has binned it. Um, but the long stoppage does give them a nice long chance to talk to him. Uh, but actually, but the reason I bring that up is because when they, you know, obviously 
in the moment there's lots of drama i think that's what crofty does well in his commentary uh you know in terms of hype but then they said oh you know mario what do you think and he's like nah he's only taken the front left off of that car and he'll be fine don't like he's you know he speaks in quite a laconic way anyway but he was like carlos is gonna be fine like this is practice and that's not a big accident and don't worry like as a racing driver Mario Andretti was like, yeah, not a big deal. Like, don't like, don't even worry about it. So I thought, okay, like, maybe the media build these things up sometimes a little more. And he was like, nah, don't worry, just practice. That's fine. They can fix that. So, uh, okay, let's look at the midfield very quickly before we go. Uh, Fernando Alonso, I think, was a, 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 a little bit, not silent, because there's plenty of TV coverage for him, uh, but just got on with the job, actually. Uh, he was in fifth in a free practice two on the quick runs, uh, only about four-tenths behind George Russell. And it was Lando Norris in the McLaren, followed by Pierre Gasly, who seemed to be doing a bit of rally driving at times today. <laughs> Some big oversteer corrections. Uh, and then Joe Guan Yu, uh, Ocon in the other Alpine, and Kevin Magnussen uh, in 10th. Midfield battle. Hayden, how do you think it's going to shape up? Yeah, again, massively competitive. But as, as you mentioned about um, what's been what's been said on previous podcasts, track specific could be coming into it a little bit. The, the Alpine does look strong and has looked strong for the past sort of two races. Uh, well, maybe three. Um, but Alonso, you say, yeah, Alonso was hustling that car today. Gasly was another absolutely hustling. I think that's probably, if you've got confidence in your car, uh, you, well, you can certainly tell the drivers that have confidence in their car because the way they're hustling it. And yeah, Alonso and Gasly are particularly two that you would stand out there um, as as those one, the ones that had that today. I think that Alpine package certainly looks very suited to, to the track, or at least predominantly the track. Um, and McLaren doesn't look too bad here. McLaren have a very good, or at least Lando Norris has a very good knack of, of playing everything down constantly. Um, but again very sort of solid showing strong obviously it was on the podium in, in in Imola so you can never really say that they're quite telling the truth of perhaps what they they are uh, capable of achieving but um yes i think that this this track is very you've touched on a good point there with the sort of polar opposites sector by sector long flowing corners in the first sector then it gets all bunched up and very fiddly and, and difficult, more like a typical street track like Monaco in the second sector. Then you've got that massive long straight, which is just going to be, yeah, traction and horsepower, vital. It sort of means that there's a little bit for, for every sort of strength there. And I guess it's just the overall package that ultimately will come together. And that seems to be the common theme of where Alpine and McLaren in this midfield fight tend to have it. They're probably not the strongest in one particular area, but as an overall package, those two teams can sort of be there at least more consistently have got the better package compared to others. So I'd say they're they your next sort of couple of teams to look out for that will definitely look to profit on anything that the front runners uh, mess up on. Yeah, before we hit record, actually, I was saying to you off air how much I'm loving that sequence of 11 to 16 because the cars look... It's a very, very slow section. The track goes very, very narrow as well. So, you know, no chance of an overtake. Barely get a modern Formula One car through there. Um, But they look cumbersome and uncomfortable and and hard to handle. And Formula One cars shouldn't be going that slowly. And I'm loving it. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing a Formula One go fast. Like one of my favourite places in the world to watch a Formula One car is Maggots and Beckett's at Silverstone. I can stand there 
all day long and watch cars defy physics. Like that for me is just, you know, you can just sit and go, how do they do it? And that for me every time is amazing. But to see them going so slowly is, is it's a kind of a, a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a kind of, uh, kind of tip to Monaco in a way as well, where the cars look so out of place. Uh, what do you think of that that twisty section? I mean, yeah, maybe it is down to personal preference, but I, honestly, I don't really like it. And I think you described it perfectly. That it's because it looks so cumbersome and difficult because these cars are so heavy and big. They, yeah, it's like watching a bus trying to get through those <laughs> corners, <laughs> which isn't what Formula One cars are about. But it gives a great taster for what Monaco is going to be like because that's basically the whole, the entire thing. So yeah. and particularly when we get to sort of the heavy fuel loads, the start of races and and during practice, God, it's, it just looks painful to to watch the cars try and hobble from sort of curb to curb. It's just hobbling, Such yeah, a good word. and they sort of just oh, I've got through this bit, and then back on the power away we go. But yeah, like but it, they can't it, even get back on the power. It's like, can I get back on the power? Uh, no, no, no yeah. there's another. Now I've got to go right. Now, no, now I've got to go left. Which uh, <laughs> it definitely gives an extra flavour to it, and I think. If we had just constantly far, like you say, the faster flowing circuits, that would get very boring, especially for for twenty three races a year. So it, that's the variety that you want. It just, I guess, for me, it just doesn't it doesn't excite me. But that's that's the challenge of it, I guess. So yeah, it's a, I, I it's think, a fair like, point. I can see why the track the, design have done it. So it makes sense. Yeah, and the drivers, I don't think like it either because they're all whacking that inside curb is it maybe going into that sequence at 11 or something yeah and it's like you, like you know where the curb is like you know you could miss it if you want to i think they just hate that sequence they're just all crashing into it and and there's quite a raised it's not quite a sausage curb but it's quite a raised one on the inside there so i'm waiting for that to just spit somebody out the other side and then it's such a sink a, a, a narrow part of the track if that happens on sunday afternoon well that is that that's instant red flag because it's just gonna be like it's like a formula e race exactly then, i was thinking it stops it's gonna block this the whole circuit and you're like all oh, right <laughs> well what do we do now so yes that, that could easily happen particularly in those sort of early laps when people are desperate to to make up those places but i guess that's part of it that's part of the attraction that could ease these things could happen and could things can go wrong so yeah no i i do think it's got its pluses and negatives, this this circuit, but from what they've set out to try and achieve, I feel so far they've achieved it. So credit where it's due. Um, yeah. But yes, let's let's see see how it goes with its with its fake marina and the, the fake beaches and uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. It, it certainly divides opinions, creates engagement, creates people talking, and I guess that's sort of the whole point. Otherwise, absolutely. Wait, yeah. We might as well just go go racing in an undescript blank place in the middle of nowhere, which isn't the point of Miami Grand Prix. Isn't the point of this circuit. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, but um, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Come qualifying in the race. Absolutely. You can follow all the coverage on autosport.com. Check out the live section, free practice three, and then qualifying on Saturday as well. And I made the joke at the beginning of the podcast, uh, not bitter at all, but Hayden, you know, you really have got so much to call on in Miami. We've got Alex Kalanokis, our F1 editor at uh, the event, as he is, he sort of always does anyway with Matt Q. Uh, but also we've got Stuart Codling from GP Racing. Jess McFadden's gone over there as well. Who am I missing? Jonathan Noble. I think they just did all in some, you know, big Airbnb somewhere. I hope so. Um, Luke, Luke Smith there as well. He's been oh, of course, manning Luke. a lot of the, the sort of autosport social media 
uh, face of it currently. Um, yes, I, I, I think they're having a great time, basically. I'm not jealous at all, <laughs> honest. But um, no, I get to see it all all through the screens and through the information, which is good. But yes, we're, we're looking forward to... Um, We'll have a feature very shortly on sort of digging into the practice pace, obviously, that we traditionally have the sort of post-practice analysis uh, on a Friday. And yeah, I'd be curious to see how the numbers shake up from from Alex, because like you say, we, we, we've had basically Verstappen and Sainz' input basically taken out of it. Does this mean that there really is a Mercedes sort of return at the front well we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what he says see because they're off more often than not they are correct so yeah it could be a very clear indication of what to expect come come sunday for listeners who are signed up to autosport plus check out the plus section for matt q writing about how formula one finally cracked america and i mentioned charles as well the inside story of f1's newest racetrack he, he lives in miami he's an expat but very much a, a miami man uh, these days long term listeners and readers of Autosport will remember him writing for Autosport back in the day, but then he, uh, he, he moved somewhere with a bit more sunshine to go around motorsport.com. And, um, and so he lives in Miami. So for the last five years, he's seen this project come together literally on his doorstep. Uh, he's written the inside story. So if you are a plus subscriber, uh, a couple of little plugs there for things you can read to fill your Formula One weekend. And if you are not yet, you can check out uh, the plus section for some long reads and the deep analysis stuff that we save for the plus section of that. Make sure you check out autosport.com for all the latest action. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow. Well, I won't be, but I think Alex and Luke will bring you from the track uh, the qualifying report and analysis. And I'll see you Sunday for the review pod. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today.
When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text CLAY to 203203. Text CLAY to 203203. Or go to bosley.com. That's bosley.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.